If you have your Bible, please turn to the Gospel according to Luke. And this is the last sermon in the Luke series. We've been walking through Luke's Gospel together, seeing Christ together. And this Sunday we get to finish it up together. So it'll be Luke chapter 24 beginning in verse 36 to the end of the chapter. So last week, we saw Jesus appear to two of his followers on the road to Emmaus. At the end of that text, they go to the eleven and the rest and tell them what had happened. And then today, Jesus appears to them all and basically says, it's me. It's really me. He wants them to know, as Luke told us way back at the beginning, he wants them to know for certain. And that's why Luke wants us to know for certain about the things that have been accomplished, he says, among us, way back in Luke 1. It's really him. At just the right time, and just like the scriptures said he would, he came. He lived, he suffered, he died, and he rose. And in today's text, he will ascend to his Father. And this is good news, not just for them. It's good news for us too. But it's not just good news for us. It's good news that will be, as we had read for us already, for all the people. So let's look now at our text, Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 36. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, blessing God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this gospel, this record of who Jesus is and what Jesus accomplished for us. 
Would you help us to see that it is for us to be assured that we belong to you and to be filled with joy that overflows in love for other people for your sake. Oh, would you do that good work in us by your spirit even now as we gather. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The big idea this morning as we close down the Luke series is this. Jesus calls and empowers us to be witnesses of his glory. Jesus calls and empowers us to be witnesses of his glory. So let's look first that Jesus calls us to be witnesses. He tells them in verse 48, after describing what would happen, that he needed to suffer, and on the third day he would rise, and repentance and forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all nations. He says, you are witnesses of these things. In Acts 1.8, Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. But the first thing we need to step back and think about, maybe mainly for the kids, and maybe there's one or two adults that this might help, but this is mainly for you kids. We're so glad that you were here, and there's a ton of you here today, and that is fantastic. What is a witness? When we hear about it in church, we just think that means like telling other people about Jesus, and that's not wrong, but witness is just, it's like a normal word. It's not a special spiritual word. What is a witness? A witness is someone who tells what they have seen or experienced. Okay? Does that make sense to all you little folks out there? And maybe the bigger folks too? A witness simply is someone who tells what they have seen or experienced. We might think of in court when there's a trial going on, they call witnesses, right? They're not there to say, Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I believe in him. They're there to say what they saw or what they know about a thing that happened that would help the jury make a good decision, right? So, and when that witness is on the stand and they swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help them God, they are giving a testimony. That's another word that we've kind of maybe spiritualized a little bit. And we think, okay, share your testimony. And that's not wrong, but we think of it just in maybe that context. Okay, it's a testimony. A testimony is just sharing as a witness, someone who has seen or experienced something, and you tell someone else about it. That is a testimony. And Jesus wants his disciples to know for certain that it's, it's him. He's the one. He really died, and he really rose from the dead. And that now he's giving them something to do, to be his witnesses. And as we get into Acts, Lord willing, next year, we'll see the disciples tell people, when they're told, you can't speak about this Jesus anymore because they were doing it so much, They replied, we can't do anything other than speak of what we have seen and heard. They say, we saw it. We have to tell the truth about what we have seen, what we have heard, and what they 
personally had experienced. And the thing is, when we just think about witnessing this way and take the spiritual part out of it for a minute, we're certainly coming back to that because that is kind of what it's about. But just for understanding, you actually do this, kids, and the adults even do it too, all the time. Did you know that? You witness things and you testify about them all the time. At least I know my kids do. Right? There's times my wife and I look at each other and we're like, we'll have to talk another year because everyone else is talking now and they won't stop. Right? Now I hear that when they're teenagers they do stop and so we need to do things now to encourage them and all that. And so, But this isn't about parenting. Um, all right. But kids, this is what you do. And adults, we do it too. Have you ever seen something amazing and you just had to tell other people about it? I mean, this is what we do very naturally, right? I did it the other day. Look at that sunset, right? Don't we do that all the time? We see the way as the sun's going down and the sky just lights up with all these amazing colors. And when you see it and everyone's facing the other way, you don't go, I'm going to enjoy this all by myself. I'm the only one who knows. Do you? What do you do? You go, guys, guys, look over there. Look how amazing it is. Or, just a few days ago, look how big those snowflakes are. Did you guys see some of those? Those were huge snowflakes. And man, that snow has some staying power, doesn't it? Our kids have gone sledding like four days in a row. It's amazing. Say, look how big those snowflakes are. Or as you might drive around, especially in the evening, look at those Christmas lights. Right? You go on a drive looking for lights, and you go down Greeby Street, and you're like, look over there, look over there, look over there, look at that one. Right? It's like, you have to go slowly, and then there's other cars behind you, and you're like, but we're looking at them, and they're looking at it too, and they're like, all right, you guys get out, and I'll park around somewhere else, we can actually see this. Right? Look at those. And while one person's saying, look at that one, someone else says, look at that one over there. It's amazing. When we experience something amazing, just quite naturally, we don't want to experience it alone. We want to share it with other people so that they can experience it too. And that's the idea of a testimonial. You'll see this a lot in commercials, right? Now at the bottom it'll say, this person's a paid whatever, But you'll hear someone saying, you've got to try this, right? This shirt is so soft. Those shoes are so comfortable. We naturally share our joy. And the thing is, what we're talking about today, that is the most important thing. Way more important than if you're a fan of LeBron James and the, and the campaign that went along with him when he was, you know, 15 years ago that we are all witnesses. Anybody remember that campaign? Where he's the king, he's the one on the rise, we are all witnesses. That was Nike's kind of slogan around him for a while. And what's the point? It's that we're seeing this guy ascend to greatness in basketball, which is cool, But also in the grand scheme of things, not super important. It can be a lot of fun. And, I mean, he's made a a little bit of money doing that. But as we think about eternity, 
Does it matter whether you were a witness and you understand and care about his greatness? It's way more important than if you're a fan of LeBron James or if you think that pineapple is good on pizza. We might be divided on that in the congregation, and I'm not interested in promoting division, so we won't have a raise of hands about that. But there's somebody even in, in our lives who's like, you've got to try this. And Bobby tried it over Thanksgiving. He tried a ham and pineapple pizza because Eric McIntyre told him it was great. And Eric's going, you've got to try this. It's so good. Don't listen to your dad. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He said, you're right. I actually don't know what I'm talking about because I've, I know enough to know I'm not even going to try but we were around someone, so Bobby gave it a shot, and I just had to take a picture and a little a video of him taking those first bites and send it to Eric to be like, hey, he, d- he didn't end up liking it, but he gave it a try on Eric's testimony. Because Eric said, this thing is good, you need to try it. And because Bobby looks up to Eric and goes, he's pretty cool, he says it's good, I'll try it. It's what the shepherds did in Luke 2. Right? At first, they're afraid, just kind of like the disciples here at the end. Right? We even sang it. The shepherds feared and trembled. You probably would too if angels just showed up in the night sky while you were watching your sheep. Right? And they're telling you, hey, we've got some super good news. And you're like, just don't kill me. Right? But they tell them the good news. And they listen. And they go. And after they go, what happens? They go like, oh, dude, we have so many sheep to take care of. They go and they're telling anybody who will listen that they have seen the baby who's the king, Jesus Christ the Lord. Indeed, we are all witnesses. You witness about all sorts of things all the time. Because witnesses simply testify to something that they have seen or heard or experienced. So what makes us witnesses? What made them witnesses? Have you seen Jesus nailed to the cross, buried and risen for you? Has God the Holy Spirit opened your eyes to see Jesus as that great Savior who lived the perfect life that you were supposed to live but haven't? that I was supposed to live, but I haven't. And that after living that perfect life, he died a sacrificial death on a cross, taking all our sins, 1 Peter tells us, in his body on the tree. So that he took all of God's wrath, so that there was none left for us, for everyone who turns from their sins and trusts in Jesus. Indeed, that message of repentance for forgiveness of sins is still going out, and it has come all the way to you. Have you seen Jesus nailed to the cross, buried and risen for you? See, Luke wants us to know, right? We've been kind of carrying that through all the way from the very beginning of Luke 1. He wants us to know that all of this was really accomplished and it was really accomplished for our salvation. And here in these final verses, from the very lips of Jesus, Luke wants us 
to know that it is good news to be shared. He says this testimony will go all around the world. In verse 47, that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So let's stop and think for a minute about why it's so easy for us to witness about a sunset or a ham and pineapple pizza or whatever else it is and not Jesus. Perhaps it's because we're afraid of what will happen, right? When you're with your own family and you say, look at that sunset, no one's going to disown you. No one's going to say, nah, that's not special. That's not important. But perhaps it is afraid, we are afraid of what will happen when we tell other people about Jesus. In a couple ways. I'll mess it up, right? How many of us have thought that way? Right? Here's a moment. It feels like a good moment. Man, I wish one of my pastors was here. What do you do when you're the pastor and you feel like that? <laughs> right? It's like, well, see, I mean, so, there's got to be somebody who's better for this moment than me. Have you ever felt that way? Just somebody else. Kind of anybody else almost. Anybody other than me would be the right person for this moment. They would know what to say. Perhaps we're afraid of messing up. Perhaps we're afraid that people will think we're weird. And the thing is, you're not wrong. They will. In some cases, they already know you're weird and it has nothing to do with Jesus. So don't worry about that. But seriously, though, people will think we're strange. This news is strange to modern ears that are convinced that only what you can see right in front of you right now is real. And that after you die, there's nothing. People who are absolutely convinced of that find it strange when you speak of believing in someone who lived 2,000 years ago but rose from the dead and lives even now and guarantees life with you and with him and all his people for everyone who believes in him. That does sound strange. But the thing is, it's true. And so it doesn't matter how strange it sounds or how weird people will think we are, we're telling them the truth, as true as we're saying, look at that sunset. We're saying, look at that Savior. Yes, people will think you're weird. You might think, I might lose standing, or I might lose relationships. Yes, you might. In fact, one of the things we'll see as we get into Acts in a few months is that some of these disciples lost way more than standing or relationships. Some of them lost their heads, literally, for Jesus. And that still goes on even to this day. Not around here, but all around the world. There are places where it is difficult to stand up and say, I believe in Jesus. Because there's a great cost. And people still do it. Why? Because it's real. Because he really is the Savior. And he really is worth it. Many of these first disciples lost their lives for Christ. So yes, we may face loss, but Jesus is worth it. When we're thinking about messing up, we can believe the lie that we need special skills or training, right? Where you go, it has to be someone else, and it's like, well, maybe it can be future me, right? If I buckle down and study hard for several months or years probably, right, because then you can get out of it longer, 
Now, it is not a bad thing to learn all we can to be able to present the gospel well and to feel like we can answer other people's questions adequately. This is not a, I'm not saying, well, don't study, just, just say whatever comes to mind at the time. Some people say some really silly things sometimes. But it's not really about special skills or training. That is not what gives the power or success that we pray for when we witness. We don't need to wait until we have it all figured out or until we're totally confident that the conversation will go well. Right? You don't have to wait until the person says, what must I do to be saved? And it's like, wait, great, I know a verse for this one. Right? You don't have to wait for that point. What is it that qualifies us to be witnesses? Well, it's kind of like what qualifies us to be witnesses in all the other situations we've talked about. What qualifies us to be witnesses is that we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good? If so, you know enough to begin to tell someone about Jesus. You may not know all the answers to every question. They're like, prove to me the deity of Christ from 10 different passages. Like, ah! Right? And you say, you know what? I don't have all those right now. Let me talk to somebody, and can we talk again soon? And that's Okay. That's totally fine. In fact, I love it when I'm on a phone call or get an email from somebody saying, here's what someone's talking to me about as I'm trying to talk to them about Jesus. What are some passages? What are some ways I can engage with them? Give me 50 hours a week of that to do. I don't care. Man, I love it having those conversations. And by God's grace, I've been able to have those conversations with some of you just in the last couple weeks which is a reminder of what Lord Willing will be talking about on Mission Sunday, which this is kind of is anyway, because you can't talk about the Great <laughs> Commission without talking about mission. That this time, even while we still feel stuck and where we're told we can't go places and can't do anything, this is not a time just to survive. It is a time to move forward on mission for Jesus. It is possible right now. We don't have to wait until we feel like things are better or until the government tells us it's better. We definitely don't have to wait for that to tell people about Jesus. What qualifies us? Have your eyes seen his salvation? You are a witness. The best witnesses are those who are overwhelmed at God's love for them displayed through Christ. And yet we still say, This is too big for me. This is too big for us. I'm not very good at this. We're not very good at this. How can we do this, what Jesus has said? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because Jesus doesn't just call us to be witnesses of his glory. Jesus empowers us to be witnesses of his glory. Do you feel weak Jesus is strong, and he's the one who gives you the strength that you need. It's going to happen by supernatural means. He empowers us by his spirit. Look back at the text. Verse 48, he says, you are witnesses of these things. Verse 49, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. 
but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So in Matthew's account of the Great Commission, Jesus promises his presence after giving the massive mission, right? And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. It's like, oh, and by the way, I'm going to be with you for that. And here we hear him say, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city till you're clothed with power from on high. And what the Father promised was power from on high in the person of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts, we see the disciples turn the world upside down by the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember who these guys were, right? I mean, even at the beginning of our text for today, they're huddled up in a room, Jesus shows up, and they're, ah, ah, mm. Uh, and they're afraid. They're confused. Do you ever feel afraid or confused? You're in really good company. The apostles were afraid and confused and unsure. But when they had the Spirit, when they had the fullness of the Spirit, they turned the world upside down. Isn't this so encouraging? Jesus gives us something to do, and he gives us the power to do it. What a gracious Savior he is. He could just say, you owe me this, go do it. Right? He would be well within his rights. And it would be our job simply to say, yes, Lord, where do you want me to go? I'm going. And to muster up whatever courage or strength we could get from within ourselves. He would have every right to do it but he knows our weakness and he meets us there isn't that good news he not only calls us he empowers us he has given us his spirit and when you believed in Christ. He gave you his spirit to live in you. But this is also something we pursue. Yes, the spirit lives in us, but we are taught in Acts and in the epistles to seek the filling of the spirit. And so when you feel weak, when you go, I don't even uh, witness, uh, uh, I just feel kind of out of place with this today then one thing for you to do is to pray. To seek the filling of the Holy Spirit. Because when we are filled with the Spirit, we want to speak His words. We want to speak like He does of the glory of Jesus. And so as we think about responding to Jesus, this one who calls us to be witnesses and empowers us to be witnesses, are you a witness of his glory. Have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good? And that's another way of asking, do you belong to Jesus? If not, you can trust him today. Jesus said that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and that is still happening. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins is still being proclaimed right here every week, and in many churches all over the world. It's still being proclaimed in Jesus' name.
And so if you are not yet a witness, if you have not yet seen Jesus crucified and risen and ascended for you, believe that his life, death, and resurrection were for you. Believe that his perfect life counts for yours. That your sins were nailed to his body on the tree. That his resurrection life guarantees yours. And that he's coming again to take you home to be with him. Turn. That's repentance. The idea of repentance is turning around and going a different direction. Turn from your sin and your folly and thinking that you can make life work your own way. And trust in Christ. He will never cast you out. And for the rest of us, Jesus simply says, you are witnesses of these things. It's interesting how here, and when we get to it in Acts in a few months, there's like, go and do this. Here, it doesn't actually say that. It simply says, you are witnesses of these things. And so we are witnesses. If you have seen Christ in his glory, through the Spirit opening your eyes, you are a witness. And to be better witnesses, we don't necessarily need better techniques. Instead, we need to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. And when we do, I think we'll be something like those first disciples were at the very end of this gospel. Let's look at the last few verses. Verse 50, And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. At the beginning of this gospel, the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And we are part of all the people, the people of all nations, to whom and through whom repentance for forgiveness of sins is proclaimed in Jesus' name. This was the day when Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures, when he helped them see what they needed to see about who he is from his word. This is the day the disciples went from confused and afraid to full of joy that overflowed in worship at first and later when the Spirit came into witness. Luke wants us to know for certain. Now we may be confused about God's specific plans, We may be confused about what is happening in our own lives or what has happened in our lives. God, how can that be part of your good plan? It doesn't mean we're always going to have certainty about every move that we make or everything that happens in our lives, right? There are health situations that we say, Lord, if if this wasn't the way it is, I would really be happy and I would praise you. And there are sometimes his answer is "My my grace is sufficient for you. There are times we think if that relationship could be restored or if that thing hadn't happened. And the Lord says, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. 
Yes, we may be confused about specific things that have happened. But on reading Luke's gospel, we may be very sure of God's love for us. And it is that confidence of God's love shown to us through Christ that fills us with joy, that overflows to others as we testify, as we tell of what we have seen and what we have experienced to others. And so together, let's hear Jesus say like he did to the disciples when he first appeared in the room and they were afraid. Let's hear Jesus say, peace be with you. Don't be afraid, it's me. This is the way it had to be. You are witnesses of my glory and help is on the way. So by God's grace, let's depend on Jesus to understand the scriptures and to see how they all point to him. That each day as you seek God through his word, it's not just I did my time or I read a chapter or I read three chapters or whatever. I, I, I did the plan. I did the spiritual thing today, and so God has to do something for me. Let's look for Christ there, as we were exhorted so well last week by our brother Ian. Let's look into Christ's words and depend on him to open the scriptures to us. Let's depend on the power of the Spirit to obey Christ's commands. And then let's worship him with great joy. Because of his suffering and his powerful resurrection, we are his forever. Because of his ascension and pouring out of the Spirit, the mission that we have been given cannot fail. Yes, we will fail. Individual efforts can fail, but the mission cannot fail. Jesus himself has guaranteed it. Jesus calls and empowers us to be witnesses of his glory. There is no higher calling and no greater gift. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have loved us like this. You have put your love on display by at just the right time sending Jesus to be born. To live, to die, to rise, to ascend, and even now as he has ascended to your right hand to pray for us that our faith wouldn't fail. And then one day in your wise plan to come, again at just the right time, would you help us to believe this good news, and to pursue and live in the power of your Spirit. And would you help us to be so overwhelmed at the beauty and the glory of what we have seen and experienced through Jesus, that we are eager to say, look, 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 taste and see that the Lord is good. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.